This is Give Me Some Truth. This podcast features appearances from Clint Walkner, Nate Condon, Jonathan Jordan, and myself, Mitch DeWitt, from Walkner Condon Financial Advisors in Madison, Wisconsin. Give Me Some Truth is dedicated to providing an accessible and authentic view into the financial services industry, as well as current events and investment concepts that you can apply in your day-to-day life. Here are your hosts. Welcome to Give Me Some Truth. This is Jonathan Jordan. I'm here with Mitch DeWitt, your host today. And Mitch and I are going to be talking today about college and specifically about the major that you choose if you do go to college and how that can affect kind of your future opportunities. So Mitch, you're just finishing up right now your, your master's degree. So you know, what are your thoughts on that in terms of your, your major for undergrad versus kind of what you're doing now with your MBA program? Well, they're different. My undergraduate degree was something called industrial and operations engineering. That and sounds really, really like intelligent, like hard to get into. It's all right. Some people in the engineering world would say it's one of the easier engineering degrees. But, you know, I take that with stride and we go along with it. Excellent. So now you're getting your MBA. Getting the MBA. That'll be done... Well, as the time of recording, it'll be about two weeks, but by the time this recording is actually posted for you all to listen, I may have already had my MBA. Excellent. Well, either way, congratulations, because I know how hard it is to commit yourself to that type of a program. But it's interesting how you had that, that different course going from your engineering background to now getting your MBA and your you know financial advisor and do financial planning here with us here at Walkner Condon. Um, it just takes me back to when I was in college. I mean, I didn't, I didn't major in business or finance myself, although it did incorporate in, but I was a genetics major, actually, biotechnology. It was called integrated science and technology. And so back in 2000, that was a pretty interesting uh, newer area of, you know, of college studies. And, and James Madison University had this brand new program. So I was really interested in it. But here I am now a certified financial planner and dealing with uh, a lot of different things than what I studied originally in, in school. I have heard it said once before, and I, I don't know who this is quoted by, but they said, if if you go to college, make sure you major in something that you really love. And if you major in something you really love, you'll never work a day in your life because they're probably not hiring in that field. <laughs> and it's it's true. I mean, a lot of people that go to school that they say, I'm really passionate about this, they have a hard time finding a job coming out of school. So, you know, what we want to talk about today is, you know, kind of what are some of the things that you can go through in your thought process about okay, first I want to go to college, is how do you pick your major? So I was going to ask you, what did you do when you were uh, going to undergrad? So before I even stepped foot on campus, I was in high school, of course, and I was really good at math, physics, sciences, those types of classes. So as I'm working with my counselor, my school counselor at the time, I said, hey, I want to go to the University of Michigan at that time primarily because I wanted football tickets. I wanted to go to the football games. But, hey, I, I learned that it's a great school, solid engineering program, because it turns out after many discussions with my school counselor that engineering was something that could be a good fit. 
with the things that I was good at, the type of academics that I excelled in. So from there, I said, all right, let's apply directly to the College of Engineering. I got in, I enrolled and attended, and there was a 100-level class that helped us freshmen try to figure out, all right, we're in engineering, but then there's about a dozen different disciplines within that that you can choose. So I went to that class. It's a little one-credit class, and you basically spent two weeks at a time in each different discipline, something like that. And I got it down to two, and that was something called Atmospheric, Oceanic, and Space Sciences, which is through the College of Engineering, very physics-intensive. And then there was what I ended up choosing, Industrial and Operations Engineering. And the reason I chose the second one is because I went to the Career Resource Center, said, hey, here are the two I'm looking at. What's projected job growth? They pointed at one on the right, and that one on the right was Industrial and Operations Engineering, so I picked it on the spot. Yeah. So now you ended up going to school there at Michigan for all four years yep. and got the engineering degree and found a job in engineering out of school. How hard was it in that process for you to find that job? I interned with the company between my junior and senior year. It was a company called Rockwell Automation, and they came on, on site to a career fair. As I was doing my homework, I figured out, hey, Rockwell sounds like a, a pretty cool company. And I also read about some of the positions they were posting, and it sounded quite interesting. It sounded like a customer-facing type of role. And one thing that I've always valued is, is human relationships, and that's why I'm in this role currently as a, a financial advisor is because I really value those human connections mm -hmm. and helping people out. So when I got in, involved with Rockwell Automation, it started with the internship, and then it transitioned into a full-time position. And I, I moved a couple different times throughout the state of Wisconsin with Rockwell in that role. But it was necessary for you to have that kind of background in your degree and your, and your concentration or major in order for you to get into that career, correct? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they only hired engineers for the role I was in. And, and I was one of a class of, I think it was 26 new hires out of college, all engineers that, that came to go through a rotational training program. Yeah, and I think that's what kind of brings us to our broader point in this topic today is that there definitely are majors out there that if you have a career path that you want to go down, you really need to major in that area in order for you to find a job opportunity coming out of school um, unless you go out there and start it up on your own. Now, you know, I look at, I mean, I can use myself as an example. I mean, I was a genetics major, as I said, but I didn't come out of school and immediately take a job in that field. I found my way to, to a position um, in the pharmaceutical world and be able, able to kind of use some of the science background. But Coming out of school and I got married young, I had to kind of find a job and find an opportunity immediately to be able to support a family. So I took whatever opportunity I could, I could get at that time. And it was coming out of a recession. So looking back on it now, that you know process I went through to pick my major, I, I think for me it was I, I picked something I thought I'd enjoy. And I knew coming out of school, I, you know, I'd always wanted to be a Secret Service agent and my father was a Secret Service agent, special agent, and that was what I wanted to do. And I knew they didn't specifically look for a major. They looked for well-rounded individuals, people who had been involved in different things. And I, you know, gotten involved in sports in college, um, you know, different activities and different organizations to try and be well-rounded. But coming out of school, like, I don't remember ever thinking, gosh, I really have to have this integrated science and technology with a genetics, you know, focus as a major to be able to get a job. So a little bit different than yours, but it just goes to show that you don't necessarily have to have that major. But and the purpose of this podcast, too, isn't really not everybody that you know is listening or 
uh, tunes into what we have is actually going back to college or thinking about this, but just gets that topic going of, you know, what we do and the decisions that we make and the things that we become passionate about and how that can become a part of what we do for a career, how we help people. So that college uh, stage seems to be one that a lot of kids, I know my son, who's going to be 16 here soon, is asking all the time, you know, hey, if I'm going to go to this school, like, you know, do I have to, what should I be when, when I grow up or what do I want to be? So I'll ask him, well, what do you want to major in? And he has no clue. And I say, good. And I don't, I don't know. I want you to go to college, though. If you have the opportunity to go and get, a, get an education on life, you know, be able to develop interpersonal relationships, learn study habits, and those sort of things. So now you did your MBA program now, you know, while you were in a new career and pregnant, your wife was pregnant, having, having a new baby and all these changes. Did you see anything different with the focus on kind of what you wanted to study or what you were going for during that time? Well, I definitely focused on the finance courses, knowing that I was at I was at Merrill Lynch at the time, but I was taking all the finance courses because having the background that I did in the manufacturing, automation, engineering world, in order to to accelerate my learning curve in this new career, all the finance courses just really helped. So I continued to pursue that path, and and even though going into the MBA program, I didn't necessarily know the outcome where I'd be. I didn't know I'd be at Walkner Condon, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And here I am, and it's only helped my learning curve and, and deepened relationships even in the Madison community here. Excellent. Well, and we love having you here, so I'm glad that you made that that big you know career choice. I find that actually you see the statistics show out that most people are changing their, their jobs or careers you know, multiple times before their age 35. Um, I haven't seen exact statistics on it, but I think about my family and people that I know that have, have kids that are kind of under that age. Um, or young adults, I'd call them. But I'm going to be 40 next this month coming up, so within, within the next couple of weeks. So it's everybody's a kid to me now. Let's <laughs> apologize about that, Mitch. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thanks. Um, but no, the, the, you see people changing careers, and you also see the changing of the the majors. I, hopefully, you know, when you're in a four-year school, it's very expensive. And to change majors halfway through or, or multiple times, you know, you usually have to go for – a year or sometimes two years more, and that can become something that's really, um, you know, cost costs a lot of money and costs, you know, it's if your family's helping out, it can have impact on other people. So have you, statistically, I mean, have you ever looked at that and seen, you know, what what are the benefits if you were to go and take on a little bit more debt of getting that degree and getting it something that you have as a, as a major that you want to follow into? Sure. So you're kind of just wondering, hey, what are the, the things versus doing associates versus mm-hmm. transitioning into or, bachelors. Yeah, or just changing your major and going longer and accumulating up more debt. I mean, we there's peop, the student load debt in this country is astronomical. Oh, yeah. We see articles probably daily now, mm-hmm. I'd say, on, on millennials and how they have all this debt piled up from student loans and, and everything. But, <clears throat> you know, I would say that it's in it depends, but there's a lot of people that I know out there that – they're racking up the student debt because they're getting some sort of advanced degree. So we're, we kind of started this conversation with the bachelor's mm-hmm. level type discussion. And don't get me wrong, a lot of people come out with, with debt just from the four years of the undergraduate. And then there's this next step where a lot of people are pursuing professional degrees. Maybe you're going to be a doctor, you're going to med school, maybe it's a dentist, maybe it's a chiropractor. And I talk to people in every single one of these disciplines that are going through it, and they might have 300 grand of college mm-hmm. debt easily. Now, those are also professions that you're able to make up that gap someday. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen next year. It's not going to happen in five years. But if you come up with a plan 
and stick to that plan. It's something that is manageable and something that can be done. Mm-hmm. Now, I also know people, actually a couple of college roommates of mine in undergrad who went to a local community college or, or tech school before transferring over into a full four-year program. And that helps on the front end quite a bit. They can work, they can go to school, and then when they, by the time they set foot on that four-year college campus, they're in a better position than some of their peers who will come out with potentially twice the amount of debt. Mm-hmm. Well, you, and, and you said best too, there's, there's other opportunities, there's other options that they have, whether it's tech schools or trade schools. You know, I was reading the other day that there are a tremendous amount of open positions for the trades that are high-paying, high-skilled opportunities that you have to go to a tech school to get that opportunity. And they're unfilled because there's not people willing to do them. But yet the unemployment rate is highest amongst new and recent college graduates and those some of them that even have advanced degrees because they're specialized to an industry that maybe doesn't have an opportunity opening for them. Or they have to work their way up not making a lot of money and that debt and that interest starts accumulating and the snowball effect happens. That has a negative psychological effect on us as well, too, when we start to see that. So, you know, for me, when I when I think back on, on college, I mean, I went to a state school, so that's one way you can, you know, save some money. In Virginia, they had, you know, even U- University of Virginia, Virginia Tech, William & Mary, uh, James Madison, they all were state schools. So if you were in state, you could get a lower tuition. Room and board is the same. But I didn't take on a ton of student loan debt. Uh, comparatively to what I see in my role here and what people come in sometimes with. But I did switch my major twice. I went from integrated science technology, realized how hard it was, switched over to business, realized I didn't really love that at the time. So another semester later, I switched back to the same, same major that I had. And it put me behind a year. And I had to add an extra year on to my expenses of college. And and then getting married and having a kid that added lots more expenses onto it. Absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, life kind of took its course. But major-wise, you know, making that decision, I, I did pursue something, and I decided for me it was to pursue something that I loved mm-hmm. and I really was interested in. And for me, that was science. That was, at the time, there was the Human Genome Project going on. They had stem cell research was a topic that everybody was talking about, and it just really interested me and intrigued me especially the ethical side and being able to have those conversations and, and really research, um, you know, the background there. So I, I was really into it. I really enjoyed, especially the last two years of college, did better because I was majoring in something I liked too. But looking at it now, I see these college ex- costs are exploding. And for someone to make that decision like I did 20 years ago to make that change, I could see that, you know, being astronomically more expensive to add another year on and understanding how that debt burden can hurt you, especially with, you know, student loan interest rates where they're at today. They're higher than, you know, traditional rates for other types of, of loans that you would take money on. So, you know, I don't, I don't ever caution people, Mitch, to, to not go to college, but there's nothing wrong with a gap year. Mm-hmm. You know, have I agree. you known people that have taken gap years? Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and I've heard very favorable things from a lot of those people. Part of it's because they want to figure out their what they are passionate about. Sometimes it takes, it, and sometimes it's not just a gap year, right? It could be gap years in some cases. Now, typically, people don't want to put off school too long because that can also potentially be dangerous. Then you, you find yourself in a, a rhythm, and you're working or doing whatever you're doing, and then you might, you know, yeah. let it go slide too far back. But yeah, people do it, and it, it's a kind of a time of self-discovery, mm-hmm. so to speak. It's trying to figure out 
their finances. Maybe they're starting to save. You know, they, they put money away where that can start paying towards tuition bills right up front instead of taking out the huge debt loan right off the bat. So. Yeah. Or you could take that gap year and maybe take one or two community uh, college courses that would transfer to yeah, a larger part-time. institution just so you can kind of get used to it and find yourself. I think for a gap year, it, if, as long as, like you said, it doesn't go on for too long, it doesn't become a gap decade. Right. But if it's a gap year, it potentially could be something that's seen as a strength for you when you do graduate college to be able to talk to interviewers or people out there that are going to give you an opportunity. Or even if you were starting kind of your own business as you get, get a chance to be a little more independent. But for an interview, I would find it, if I was talking to someone that wanted to work here, it in, intriguing if they took a gap year and what they did during that year and how that affected their decision-making process on, you know, who they wanted to be or what they wanted to be when they grew up. I'm much more interested in people that are attuned to who they want to be and, and the type of person they want to be and type of a partner or employee or whatever your role is than I am in what, what you did and what you studied. Because as I, I know for myself, I mean, I just, I have a bachelor of science degree. I do not have, you know, my MBA. I don't have a business background, but I have a high aptitude for the financial arena and, and have learned it over, over the years. And I love what I do for a living, but I learned to do that all the way back in college, all the way back when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. But didn't know what exactly, but I knew who I wanted to be. I wanted right. to be someone who helped people. So, And you're a lifelong learner, learner too, right? You've got your CFP, which is something that not everybody does, but you made a choice to go back and, and get the Certified Financial Planner CFP designation. And that's something that was well after your undergraduate days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was after having four kids. So definitely... Uh, you know, definitely was was something that I I felt like I owed uh, to myself for this career, but also to my clients. But you know, that was not something that I could necessarily change or specifically alter my course once I was into it. I had already picked this as a career. Uh, looking back, if someone would have told me I'd be doing what I'm doing now, specifically, I would have said I I probably wouldn't have seen it back in college. But if they told me I would have had a positive impact on people's lives and I was able to help them to make some big life decisions not telling me exactly what I was doing, I would believe them because that was something I've always wanted to do. So. That's really interesting between the two of us. Neither of us had any idea of going into finance or financial planning when we were 18, 19, 20 years old. Both of us had very different ideas of where we thought we would end up, but life circumstances change, and we, we both figured out the, the core thing between the two of us is that, yeah, we like helping people, and we like you know, being there for them in the times of need. So, yeah. And so, and, and kind of in, in closing here, you know, thinking about, you know, what we started you know, chatting about, about the, uh, the college and what you're picking for your majors. It kind of, it did make me laugh a little to think back to high school, even when I was trying to figure out, you know, what I should major in. You're talking to your career counselor. They'd have you take these tests on the computer. And I think my mind came up with like, I'm not even kidding. I think a janitor was one of them. Mm-hmm. And just, I, I don't know why they, they, they came out. It was like, just so, so random. And, I can't even imagine being a janitor, but you know what? If I had to be a janitor and that was what I needed to do every day of my life, I would do it with a smile on my face. I'd do it in a way that I could hopefully impact people's lives. And I love the fact that there are people out there that do jobs that other people don't necessarily want to do, and they love it. Um, I remember back when we were at Merrill Lynch, you know, there was a, a, a gal that she would, every night we'd see her and she was always cleaning up and you and I'd be working late. And she was one of the sweetest ladies, and then every year for Halloween, 
she would come in and decorate Deck the out. entire office. And it was she awesome. would use her bonus money to go buy all these Halloween decorations and spook the whole place. I mean, it was, I'd come in and I'd have like a rat, like a plastic rat that looked real in my office to freak me out. But every time I saw her, I just wanted to give her a hug and just salt to the earth type people. So there's many different careers that we can get into. And, you know, I, if I asked her, she probably never went to college. But yet she has a tremendous impact on everybody every day of her life. So that was one of the great things that I remember. And I always keep that in perspective. You know, what you major in does not define who you are. So hopefully, um, you know, everybody out there that took the time to listen today, we appreciate it. I know that, uh, you know, we didn't get into any specific necessarily financial conversations today, but sometimes we like to keep it light and just talk about some of our experience and some of the things that we notice out there. So we hope that you have a great day and uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Feel free to share with maybe it's your your sons or daughters or nieces or nephews. If this might be a topic of interest for them as they're going through that whole decision-making process, feel free to pass this podcast on. Thank you. They can reach out to us if they'd like to. We'd be happy to chat with them. So have a great day. services are offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the states of Wisconsin and Texas. Clint Walkner, Nate Condon, Jonathan Jordan, and Mitch DeWitt are investment advisor representatives of Walkner Condon. Guests on the podcast are not registered, and their participation in the podcast are limited to unregistered activities and will not be providing any advice that is investment related, nor should any comments that guests make should be construed as giving investment advice. Content should not be viewed as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned or as legal or tax advice. You should always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, is not engaged in the practice of law. Whenever you invest, you are at risk of loss of principal as the market does fluctuate. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Purchases are subject to suitability. This requires a review of an investor's objective, risk tolerance, and time horizon. Investing always involves risk and possible loss of capital. Long-term care, estate planning, insurance products, and tax advice are not offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC. Walkner Condon works on a best efforts basis and does not guarantee any results. Past performance does not represent future results. Please see walknercondon.com for additional disclosures.